the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Good evening, everybody. Ron Geyer with End Time Insights again. As always, thank you for listening. We love coming to you. Today, we're going to talk about some church doctrines and not specific church doctrines, as it were. I'm going to bring out one or two just to make points that I want to make out to uh, talk about the dangers of false church doctrines. And we're still in the context of the warnings to the church and watching out for the body of Christ and just taking care, you know, the body talks about that we're supposed to mark those that walk unruly, that bring false doctrines into the church, that speak contrary to what Paul has taught us. And we'll get to that scripture in a little bit. But once again, good evening. We want to talk to you about this. Uh, I've spoken to you about this particular pet peeve of mine. You know, in my opinion, the two things that's really fired me up recently is one was hearing about the doctrine in the church that God isn't sovereign in the earth today. That just blows me away that anybody would have the authority to stand in the pulpit and try to teach that. That's just that's just out in left field. And then the other week we heard about the fact that only one in 11 Christians, less than 9% of Christians have a biblical worldview. Now, I can't really get my mind wrapped around that as much as I think about it and I try to figure out, well, what is going on? You're a Christian, and only 10%, less than 10% of us, agree with God the way he sees the world. I don't understand that. You know? And so we'll delve into that a little bit. But I want to point out that, that that's the danger of following false doctrines, bringing confusion to the church, that you can't make rational decisions. You don't know the difference between what's right and what's wrong. Hebrews talks about it, that strong meat belongs to those that have had their senses, their spiritual senses exercised to know the difference between right and wrong, good and evil. And obviously, we are nowhere near understanding that. So in my opinion, I believe that both the fact that only one in 11 Christians, as it were, has a biblical worldview, and it's the false doctrines that are causing us to have that type of confusion regarding the Bible. And it's like a lie. Once you start getting false doctrines into you, they never stand alone. You know, a lie doesn't stand alone. And if you're learning something that's wrong, or if you're being taught something that goes against what Paul said, what we wrote, what's in the Bible, what I taught you, Paul says, if you're learning something contrary to that, it should bring confusion, but it doesn't stand alone. I mean, there's got to be other scriptures. And I'm going to show you what I'm talking about here. 
the scripture that God is not sovereign in the earth today. Word of faith teaches God is not sovereign in the earth today. They're really gracious people. They say, well, he's still sovereign in heaven. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. But they deny his ability to be sovereign in the earth today. And they get that from the fact that uh, in Luke ten nineteen, Jesus said, behold, I give you might. I give you power over all of the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. And they get that from Genesis one twenty eight, where God is telling Adam that I've given you authority over the fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air, the cattle, the birds, the beasts. God gave Adam dominion over four things specifically. That doesn't mean he gave him dominion over the earth to do anything, to do whatever he wants, to run the government, to control mankind's behavior. That's being promoted, and people are thinking that, well, no, that's man's responsibility, that we have authority in that area. No, we don't. When Adam fell, the authority that God gave man, which was over four things, creatures in the sea, creatures in the earth, birds, four things, uh, the bugs, beetles, whatever. When God gave Adam dominion over those things, those four specific things, he lost that authority. He lost that dominion. Then when Christ took back the title that Satan stole from Adam, when Christ took that back, he did not return that authority, that dominion to man over those four things. But what he did do, Luke ten nineteen tells us, he gave us authority in the realm of the spirit. So we've got the authority that Jesus gave us to defend ourselves and to resist the enemy. And that's it. That's the authority that we have. It doesn't mean that we trump God's authority. It doesn't mean that we don't need God to control the things that he's given us authority over. And we've made that a church doctrine. And somehow it wound up with us making the statement in the word of faith doctrine that God is not sovereign in the earth today. So I want to use that scripture to point something out to you about these scriptures that they really wind up destroying so much more than just that one belief. If God is sovereign in the earth today, then one must destroy the truth that reveal that God is still judging nations. And we know that God is judging nations. And yet, if you believe that God is not sovereign in the earth today, then we've not allowed him the ability to do that. Isaiah 26, 9. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Well, when God exercises judgments in the earth, the Bible says that the inhabitants, the earth dwellers, will learn what righteousness looks like. But according to word of faith, that's not happening anymore because God does not have a sovereign say in what goes on in the earth today. You've got to understand that God's judgments are divine. They're purposeful. And he, in his sovereignty, uses them to teach a fallen world what he looks like. What about the Bible truth that God deals with our leaders? If God is not sovereign in the earth, if God can't do with anything in the earth without man's partnering, then how is God that he has the authority to turn the hearts and to change the hearts of kings? That's what I mean. It's all screwy. When you subscribe to that doctrine that God's not sovereign in the earth today, then you are violating so many scriptures. Proverbs 21, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turns it whichsoever way he will. You know, it's got to destroy the truth. Also, that Jesus is allowed to correct his church. Yes, of course, the sovereign God is allowed to correct his church. Revelation 3.19, as many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten and I be zealous, therefore, and repent. When you say Jesus or God isn't sovereign in the earth, you, you violate all those scriptures. Uh, it makes James' gospel false because he tells us to pray God's sovereign will be done, James 4.15. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or do that. And then finally, the biggest thing that I see that reveals the lie that they're teaching about the fact that Christ is not sovereign, 
John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. I love that. Jesus plainly tells us, you can do nothing without me. And yet, when I heard the teaching on God not being sovereign, they were talking about that. Well, you know, God cannot do anything in the earth without partnering with man. Okay, what? No, God can't do anything in the earth without partnering with man. So basically, that's saying right there, man says, without me, God, you can't do anything in the earth today. No, the scripture says, without me, man, you can't do anything in the earth today. They've turned it around. They've got it upside down. Father, I pray that you show them the errors of their way. They are in deep trouble, Father God. Convict them of their sins. Send labors across their path, ministering the truth, Father God. Don't let them sleep. Hallelujah. Take away their sleep. Take away their peace, Father God, and restore them to right standing regarding the word of God, Father. Word of faith denies that God is sovereign. He can't send plagues to the earth in judgment. Well, according to that, then he can't bless us either. You know, I mean, if we just think this through, I had a friend the other day, we were at Bible study. His name is Brian. He was great. He goes, I'm no idiot. He's God and I'm not. Yes. Amen. That's it. It's simple. Christianity 101, we've got to be taught. We've got to be taught error in order to come up with these doctrines. The Lord is known by the judgments which he executes. Well, when you deny God the ability to judge the earth, when you deny him the ability to correct us, the Bible says right there, you have denied him to be known in the earth. You have denied him an opportunity. You have denied mankind an opportunity to know him because it teaches God doesn't judge us with corrective measures anymore. So we've got to get these doctrines straightened out. And I'm going to talk about doctrines today as part of the warnings that we give to the church. So I just showed you the damage, all the scriptures that you have got to remove, that you have got to cancel out. That one doctrine that says Christ is not sovereign in the earth today, it violates six or seven scriptures I just gave you. That's why I believe 90 out of 100 Christians don't see the world through the eyes of God because we're not painting a truthful picture of who God is. We're not painting an accurate picture of what he's doing in the earth today. No, God is not dead. God is alive. God is powerful. God is sovereign. He is all-knowing. He is all-seeing. He is all-loving. And he's manifesting those characteristics in the earth today, every single day. I mean, who here tells the sun to get out of bed in the morning? Not me. No, it's God that does that. He doesn't need man's permission. He doesn't need man to confess that the sun is rising before he can, in his own sovereign will, decide, I'm going to get the sun out tonight. I'm going to put the moon in the sky tonight after the sun goes to bed. Well, who's going to put the sun to bed? You're not. I mean, come on, folks. Let's get our head out of the darkness. You know, we've got to understand the Bible, believe the Bible. You cannot be tricked by false doctrines. And I'll tell you what this is right now. Anytime there's a doctrine that belittles Christ, anytime there's a doctrine that does not promote or exalt or glorify the name of Jesus Christ, it is false. Get that through your head. The simplest way to determine false doctrines or bad doctrine, we call it the Jesus test. Does this doctrine exalt or promote or glorify the name or the person of Jesus Christ? Can anyone honestly say that denying Christ's sovereignty in the earth today glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ? Of course it doesn't. It's false. Who do you think is behind this move, by the way, to deny the sovereignty of Christ in the earth? It's demonic. It's Satan, of course. Therefore, this false doctrine, it's more than just an error. It's a doctrine of devils. Ephesians 4.14. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine 
by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. There's a lot in there. The Greek word that Paul uses here to speak of the violent storms that toss us about around the ocean, the thing that tosses immature Christians around is bad doctrine, bad teaching. That's what Paul is talking about here. It's the same word that's used to toss boats around in the ocean when there's a storm. Well, that's what doctrines do to you. They unsettle you. Bad doctrines do that. Unfortunately, the body of Christ, we've got many maladies, you know, which are rendering us ineffective. We are diseased with false doctrines and false teachers. We are not growing into maturity. We are carried about by the false rather than stabilized by the true. Truth will give you a sure foundation. False doctrines will put you on shifting sand. Doctrine is important. Romans sixteen, seventeen, and 18. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. For they are such that serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but they serve their own belly. And by good words and by fair speeches, they deceive the hearts of the simple. Lord God, I pray the people that listen to us today are not simple-hearted. They are not simple-minded, Father God. They are not tossed about by every wind of doctrine, Father God. I pray that you give them a supernatural hunger for the Word of God, that they would desire the sincere milk of the Word, that they would grow by that Word, Father God, that they'd get up in the morning and they would read their Bible. They'd go to bed at night, they would read their Bible. They would hang out with men and women that love you, that talk about the Bible. You know, God journals. People teach it. Well, you got a journal, Ron. You go to a Bible study. Oh, you got a journal. I'm not sure I know even what that means. Okay. I listen to stuff. I read stuff, but I don't write too much stuff down. I just listen to it. It goes in my spirit. I pray the Lord to keep it there and bring it up out of me when I need it. And yet in Malachi, the Malachi, the Italian prophet, it talks about the fact when we have a discussion about God, that he writes our words in a book. And he calls it the book of remembrance. And I love it. You know, we travel around here today with our pockets and my wife's picture might be in my pocket. You may have your children's pictures in your wallet, right? Well, God doesn't have a wallet. He's got the book of remembrance and he doesn't put our pictures in there. He puts our words in there. And what he does is he calls to remembrance the things that we said about him. When we had a discussion about him, I walked into the studio today and immediately, Karen, yes, praise the Lord, hallelujah. And I'm going, yes, amen, it's a great day. And so we're talking about the Lord. That conversation made it into the book of remembrance, hallelujah. And maybe when I'm having a hard day or you're having a hard day, one day, God's going to go up and he's going to open up that book. And he goes, hey, man, I remember Ron had a hard day last time and all he did was praise my name. And, you know, that just makes God feel good. Think about how you feel when you take your kid's picture out to show it to somebody. When you take out your wife's picture out of your wallet to show it to somebody. God's no different. He loves us. He loves his children. We're his special jewels that go to make up the kingdom of God. So Ephesians 4, 14, I got distracted. That we henceforth be no more children. I read that one. Romans 16, 17, and 18. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them, which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine of God. When we hear false doctrine, the Bible says, Paul tells us right there, we ought to mark them. That means get them out of your teaching rotation. You don't want these people spewing that poison. You don't want people infecting other people with false doctrine. We've shown you how dangerous it is. Mark them. If you have to call them out, you call them out. I'm not big on naming people that are false. And yet we may come to that place. 
You know, this is the I am generation, right? Second Timothy 3, in the last days, perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of themselves. And there was this famous preacher. He's got this, what do you call it? The confessions that he makes all the time. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am this. I am blessed. I am favored. Hallelujah. I am singularly uh, blessed of the God. He's got my picture. I am. I am. I am. I am. It's called the I am generation, and it's false. No, 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 no. Your church is all about he is. He is. He is. If you are not exalting the name of Jesus in your church, if you are promoting self instead of Christ, you are out of order, and you are being tricked. You are being deceived by Satan. The Bible talks about it in Romans 18, that we would return to exalting ourselves to the point of denying God and making ourselves our own gods, we would return to pagan idolatry again. So Paul says, mark them. Mark them that teach you false doctrine. If it, and it's false, he goes, if it's contrary to what I've taught you. If it's contrary to the letters that I've written, Paul says, it's false. Which you have learned, you're supposed to learn these letters, he says. And avoid them. Look at this. I want you to mark them and I want you to avoid them. And we need to do that. We have a circle of friends. We have a Bible study. We have 30 to 35 people that come. Not all at once. Sometimes it's only 20, 25. But these are the people. They know the truth. And we will identify false teachers to them. I'm not looking to run people down. I'm not looking to hang people. I'm looking to protect people. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them, which cause divisions and offenses. False doctrine causes division within the body of Christ. Six things does the Lord hate. Yes, seven are an abomination. One of them is sowing discord amongst the brethren. You sow discord amongst the brethren by teaching false doctrine. We are to protect the doctrine. We are warning you to be careful about the doctrines you choose to follow. These are people who say doctrine doesn't matter. Oh, yes, it most certainly does. If you're not going to base your life and your faith on what God's word says, you're going to start basing it on something else. That something else normally is your experience or your emotions, the way you feel. We must demand biblical truth from our leaders in our pulpits. We must hold them accountable. You know, the Bible says not only to quit supporting them, but to avoid them as well. Run far from them. Mark them, Paul says. Tell others about them. Quit trying to give them cover. They're not doing you any good. False doctrines, they cause divisions. They're offensive. Paul says that we are to know the doctrines that he taught us. We are to learn them so we can identify when the false doctrines pop up. And you can see the problem it creates when we don't do that. Erroneous doctrines has led to what we're talking about. Only one in 10 Christians are concerned with the true doctrines of God concerning having a worldview. This is why America has fallen. Church doctrines no longer matter. They not only no longer matter to the world where they are desperately needed, where we won't stick up for the word, but they barely matter in the churches today. Uh, Minister Kretschner K-R-E-J-C-I-R. He makes this comment. False doctrines are extremely destructive. Amen. Why is the teaching of false doctrines wrong? Because it distorts Christ and God is a God of truth. When we do not realize his truth, we will err in other ways also, thus leading us away from his ways and his truth while bringing disrepute and chaos to everything that we do. K-R-E-J-C-I-R. I just found him on Precept Austin the other day, and I like that comment. Talks about that because it distorts Christ. False doctrines distort Christ. What then happens is Christians start basing their lives on their own personal experiences and the way they feel. 
This is why the Passion Translation, in my opinion, the Passion Translation, which is not a translation of the Bible, it's so dangerous. The writer of the Passion freely admits that he wants the reader to connect with God, not on a spiritual level, but on an emotional level. You're going to start basing your Christianity on emotion, and I will tell you plainly, once that starts, you are right in Satan's hands. You're going to start basing your Christian life on what is nothing more than lies from the devil himself. And that will lead you nowhere else but into apostasy. You know, as I'm trying to think and get this straight and wrap my head how 90% Christians can be so easily deceived and to believe the things that they are, are hearing, which are not true, or else maybe they just don't care and they are in opposition to God, uh, they're maybe not Christians at all. But, you know, the scriptures paint a picture of how God sees the world. And the scriptures fulfill the prophetic words of the prophets and the writers of the Bible. And as we get closer and closer to Christ's return, false teachers and false doctrines would be rampant. That's what we said. That's what was written. And the terrible truth is uh, that these false teachers, the false doctrines, they would cause many to fall. Matthew twenty four eleven, And many false prophets shall rise and they shall deceive many. Diane, my wife and I, we've committed afresh to uh, protecting the church in 2022. The children of God. We've got a heart for them. These are my brothers and sisters. I know where I would be if Christ had not saved me. I'd still be doing drugs. I probably would be dead. Uh, I wasn't an alcoholic, but I lived a life of licentiousness, pornography, drugs, alcohol. Uh, I, I was a thief. I stole. I lied. I was a terrible worker. But God, hallelujah. That's why I know God is real. I know what I was, and now I know who I am. Hallelujah. And we firmly believe that the Bible teaches that we are our brother's keepers. We don't go out looking for false teachers or apostate doctrines. If the Lord brings them across our path, then most assuredly we will address them. We will judge them, not to condemn them, but to correct them for the purpose of protecting the saints from being tricked. And that's what we do. And it's always for the purpose of lifting people up, protecting people. We don't choose to run anybody down. But when you're lying about the things of God, there's an accountability. You know, Jesus says many are going to follow these liars. Many are going to follow the false doctrines. Diane and I, we have committed to God to walk in the ministry of the watchman. If we see something wrong, if we see danger, we will warn those within our sphere of influence. Ezekiel 33, 7, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the people of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give the people of Israel warning from me. You know, Romans 1 reveals that in the last days, men would reinvent God in his own image. As we see God and Jesus continue to be degraded, as we see doctrines being challenged and usurped by man's opinions, as we see men replacing church theology by their own feelings, we will not stand silently by. Today's January 16th, and I'm here to tell you that God has brought the sword to the land of America. That's in Ezekiel. Um, 33.3, if when the watchman sees the sword come upon the land, that he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and takes not the warning of the watchman, then the sword's going to come and take him away and his blood will be upon his own hands. But if he heard the sound of the trumpet and took warning, his blood shall be upon him and him alone. But no, because God will deliver his soul, the Bible says. But here, if the watchman, if I see the sword come upon America and it's here, 
And I do not warn you. I do not blow the trumpet. And the people aren't warned. If the sword does come and take any person from among them, then that person is taken away in his sin. His blood will be upon the watchman's hand. I don't want your blood upon me. I may not even be called by God a watchman. I may just be a guy who loves God, loves the church, loves the people of God, loves the word of God. And I have a heart for the lost. I have a heart for you guys. Our ministry is usually to the body of Christ. You know, when one in 10 Christians see the world properly the way God sees it, something is wrong. To me, that means the watchmen, the pastors, uh, those that have voices, those that have wisdom, those that have Bible knowledge, those that are understanding what's going on. It means to me they're not doing their job. I will throw myself in that category. It means I'm not doing my job. I have a voice. I'm on the radio. I have a Bible study. I'm on Facebook. I've got a following. Well, then praise God. I am going to use my voice to warn the body of Christ what's happening. You know, God's going to do a quick work of righteousness in these last days. And the devil happens to know that's going to happen. The Bible says the devil knows his time is short. He is pulling out all the stops. And America right now, America and the church, I believe those are his two prime targets right now. We need to defend the church. When we defend the church, we defend our nation. America cannot survive without the church speaking the truth that God's told us about it. We will speak those truths in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.